0: situation, as dark as it seems, tell someone, let there, let there be light. The light of God will shine forth through you in Jesus' name. You will be a blessing in the name of Jesus. You will be a testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tell someone, I refuse, I refuse to be hidden. You know, when there's no light, what happens? Darkness. There's darkness. When there's darkness, what happens? you cannot see anything you cannot see anyone but the light of god will shine forth to you in jesus name Amen. father we thank you for this morning we lift you and I. I accept our thanks in jesus name as we go through your word go with us speak unto us teach us and let your name be glorified thank you heavenly father we love you lord for we pray in jesus name Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. We've been looking at this passage for the past uh, three weeks. Galatians 4, 19. If you're there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you are looking at it on the screen, say, I see it. Amen. Amen. Galatians 4.19. I read, My little children, of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. We've been looking at a topic we call Christ in you. And when we started, we said Christ in you gives, I mean, thus a number of things for us. And we, had, we listed five things. I want to remind ourselves again. Number one, Christ in you does what? Grace. Christ in you gives you what? Grace. grace. Remember the Bible says by grace we are saved through faith. Number two, Christ in you enriches you in, utterance and knowledge. enriches you in utterance and in knowledge. So Christ in you enables you to speak when you ought to speak. But then you don't just open your mouth and speak gibberish. It enriches you in what? All and knowledge. So that when you speak, you speak wisdom. Testimony, you speak wisdom. speak wisdom. When you speak, men will say, hmm, I, I, I agree with him. Why? Because you are not speaking from the depth of your own personal knowledge. You are speaking because of what Christ is putting in your mouth. Because Christ is where? In you. In you. Very important. Number three, Christ in you does what? Oh, that is wonderful. Tell somebody I receive it. it. Christ in you makes me a testimony. Christ in me makes me a testimony. That's very important. Number number four. Life. 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 When Christ is in you, or do I say because Christ is in you, COVID has no power over you. Tell somebody COVID. COVID has no power. Over me over now, as if you may say COVID has no power, has no power over, you. over you because Christ in you gives you what life, and what's the last one? Christ in you gives you gifts, gives you gifts because the Holy Spirit is in you. If Christ is in you, and because the Holy Spirit is in you, he begins to release his gifts unto you. That's how many I receive it. And then we started talking about stages, stages in growth as a child of God. And we started by talking about what the Bible calls babes in Christ. And we said babes in Christ have an attribute. They have what is called an undulating Christian life. What does that mean? Undulating Christian life. Today you are high. Tomorrow what? You are low. Today, it's as if you, I mean, in your room, Jesus was there overnight. Tomorrow, it's as if you slept and it is uh, uh, demons that were attacking you. Undulating Christian life. Those are babes in Christ. And we said, a babe in Christ is what is carnal. Carnal. And so, a babe in Christ is subject to the push of the flesh. That's why, at a point, Paul had to say, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall do what? Who shall deliver me from the power of what? This flesh. The baby in Christ is controlled by the flesh. Paul said the things I want to do are the things I what? I don't do. But the things I don't want to do, they are what? They are the things I do. Because of the power of the flesh. That's a starting point. That's a starting point. Now, the unfortunate thing is, many of us have remained at a starting point for so long. You gave your life to Christ 20 years ago, and you are still a babe in Christ. You need to repent. Can you tell your neighbor you need to repent? Yes. Tell him or her. It's pastor that he's saying you should talk to her. Tell your neighbor you need to repent. Yes. You've given your life for so long, and your Christian life is not stable. There's no growth in your Christian life. We say the babes in Christ demonstrate what the Bible calls, uh, I mean, uh, when we talk of carnality, there's envy. There's what? There's strife. There's what? And there's disunity. There's division. And that's why we stopped last week. And this morning, I want to challenge us, brethren. We must strive for unity and not division. We must do what? You know, the Bible says God is love. True or false? And without love, we cannot come close to this God. You know, when Christ is in you, he enables you to manifest the love that he is. And that's why when it's impossible for you as a carnal person, as a normal, as a natural person, When it's impossible for you to demonstrate love, when Christ comes into you, it becomes easy for you to do what? To demonstrate love. Because God is love. God is a giver. And brethren, there is no love without giving. When you stand on your right, and I stand on my right, can we agree on anything? No. That's why our people say, when two elephants fight, what happens? Because none no will give way, they are both heavyweights, but when we when we operate in love, we learn to give room to each other, we learn to understand that oh, no matter how perfect I am, I am not perfect. Tell somebody, no matter how perfect I am, I am not perfect when we realize that we'll be able to give way to the imperfections in others then we can come together and do greater things then 2 plus 2 is not 4 or maybe we we'll say 1 plus 1 is not 2 that's why the bible says one will chase a thousand and two will do what two will chase 10,000 that is the arithmetic of god because we agree to come together and operate in unity the book of Psalm 133, Psalm 133, Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3, Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Go to verse 2. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garments. Next verse. As the Jew of Hammon, as the Jew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded blessings, even life forevermore. When brethren dwell together in unity, we make room for blessings. How many of you want to be blessed? Receive your blessings in Jesus' name. There's a simple precursor, a simple requirement for you to be blessed, for me to be blessed. We must dwell together in what? In unity. In our homes, as husband and wife, we must do what? Somebody is not talking. In our homes, as husband and wife, we must do what? Dwell together in unity. And, brethren, no matter how we want to put it, you see that passage says that the, the, the blessing, the blessing, it says, like the pressure upon the head that rolls down upon the beard, the blessing comes upon the head. Goes to the bed, goes to the root of the skirt. What is that telling us? In our homes, we have husband and wife, but there is a head. The head of the home is who? Is the husband. When the blessing is coming, it comes upon his head. And like many people say they said that the man is the head, the woman is what? Is the neck. So when the blessing comes, it comes on the head, it flows to the neck. From the neck, it flows down to the children. That's very important. When there's disunity in the home, we are preventing the blessing from flowing. I want to give you one assurance. Whatever you are today, you can be better. True or false? Wherever you are today, you can go higher. True or false? Don't get to the point where you say, I have enough, I am enough. That is the point of regression. That is the point of what? When you get to the point where you say, I have enough, I am enough, I am not going higher. I am not moving forward. What do you start to do? You start regressing. You start going backwards. You will not go backwards in Jesus' name. Yeah. Unity. When we pray in unity, the Holy Spirit comes down. It's easy for the Holy Spirit to move in our midst. When we pray in unity, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Acts 1, 14. It says, These all continued with one accord. With what? So when we come together to pray, there must be agreement. Agreement. One accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. The key thing here is that what? One accord. And you know what happened? Because they came together, they had everything in common, they were praying in unity, then, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, was enabled. How many of us here, as a family, don't pray together? That's a sign of disunity. It's a sign of what? Disunity. Husband and wife, we don't pray together. I say, oh, you know what? I wake up very early, and I have to leave my wife at home, so I will do my own prayer. When she wakes up, she will do her own prayer. Tell somebody you are not serious. Say, tell somebody you are not serious. When we give excuses for not, not to do the fundamental things, we cannot even pray together. We are not allowing God to have his way in our homes. No matter how much you have, that gets to a point that you cannot do any other thing. Except God intervenes. God will intervene in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can't pray in the morning, pray in the evening. If by the time your husband comes, you are asleep, what do you tell him? Tell him to do what? Wake me up when you come. There is nothing that says you can't pray at 12 midnight. Do you know that's the best time to pray? Yeah. At 12 midnight. So his own job, he works from uh, uh, what? 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., right? And your own job, you work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Good. When he comes in at 12 midnight, before he eats, what do you do? Pray. It's best to pray on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. He will be at a lot. Because when he finishes eating, what will he do? When you say, let's pray, it starts your What I'm trying to bring out is, we can, we can agree, brethren. Testimony, we can agree. We can agree to pray together. Pray in unity. Let the Holy Spirit manifest himself unto us. That's what happened. That's why the Spirit of the Lord came down on the day of Pentecost. And from that day until today, the church was not the same again. If you continue in Christian mediocrity, does that still make sense? Christian mediocrity. If you continue in Christian mediocrity, is because you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in your life. He wants to do it if we will allow him. If we will allow him. When we do that, the Bible says the Lord adds to the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continue daily with one accord in the temple. Breaking bread. From house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of, of heart. Verse 47. Praising God, having favor with all the people. You see, can you see what uh, unity brings? You, in, you praise God, and then you have what? Favor. Favor with all the people. And not only the people, but even God. Because God now added to the church. You see, unity. Enables you to praise God in an acceptable way. Gives you favor. And God begins to move on your your behalf. As you go out this week. And you know, tomorrow is the first day of November. God will move on your behalf. I say, God will move on your behalf. I say, God will move on your behalf. But you must make up your mind. That in my hope, there will be unity. And I want to tell you this. It's just like when you decide that tomorrow I will fast. What happens? When you decide that tomorrow is the 1st of November, I am going to fast. What happens tomorrow morning when you wake up? <laughs> you know what they call waffles? Yeah. I don't eat it. Waffle. But you know, when you wake up in the morning, somebody is, uh, is it, how, is it do you cook it or you fry What do you do to waffles? <laughs> you to- yeah. When they are toasting it, the aroma of waffles will start making you desire to do what? Yeah. To eat waffles. You don't eat it to... But because you said that, day you will do what? That's the way it is. If you make up your mind today that I, we are going to live in unity with my husband, with my wife, get ready. Because tonight, when you prepare the meal, he has never complained that there is, uh, there is salt in the food before. It is tonight he will complain. It's not because your food is salty. Why is he complaining? The devil wants to break down your, your desire that we can live in unity. That's what I'm trying to make us realize. Every time you make up your mind to do the will of God, the enemy will come and say, I am still here. But what do you do? Put him in his place. Put him where he belongs. Where does he belong? Under your feet. That's where the devil belongs. Under your feet. Tell somebody, the devil is under my feet. That's where he belongs. The power that you have is because Christ is where? Christ is where? Christ in me empowers me, enables me to stand where I need to stand. I want us to take a few prayer points and then we'll continue with the message. The message is not over, but let's rise on our feet. The Lord gave me a revelation, I think it's overnight, or is it when we got home yesterday, and I want us to pray about it. I started thinking about it and I realized that it's related to this message. A very simple prayer point. You are going to pray. You will say, "My Christian life catch fire, catch fire. in the name of Jesus." Amen. Now, before you pray, do you know the meaning of that? The Bible says, "He maketh his angels what?" He maketh his angels what? Ah, we don't know. We need deliverance. He make ca- Hebrews chapter one. He maketh his angels spirits. And his minister's what? Flames of fire. Is somebody with me? He maketh his angels spirits, And his minister's flames of fire. That's why I'm going to pray that prayer. And say, my spiritual life, do what? Because I'm tired of living an undulating Christian life. I'm tired of victory today, failure tomorrow. Open your mouth and pray. And say, my Christian life, my spiritual life, catch fire in the name of Jesus. Catch fire, my Christian life, my spiritual life, catch fire in the name of Jesus. My Christian life, my spiritual life, catch fire in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, it's a new beginning, it's a new day. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Do you know, brethren, if you are known in heaven, where else are you going to be known? In hell. If you are known in heaven, you are known in hell. Why? Heaven is celebrating you. Hell is afraid of you, but hell wants to pull you down. That is the fire that can go into hell and will have no impact upon you. Because when your Christian life catches fire and you go to hell, you are not going to hell to burn, you are going to hell to do what? To pull souls out of hell. Pray that prayer again. I say. My spiritual life. My Christian life. Cut fire in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Cut fire in the name of Jesus. Thank you Heavenly Father. In Jesus name we are praying. Say I refuse. To run. An undulating Christian race. I refuse to run. An undulating Christian race. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. I refuse to run an undulating Christian race. In the name of Jesus. Our Father. I refuse to run an undulating Christian race. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. See, every one of my possessions in the hands of the enemy, I take back right now in the name of Jesus. I possess my possession. I possess my possession. I take back my belongings in the hand of the enemy. Whatever belongs to me that the devil is holding on to, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. You say the enemy, the enemy shall not control my life. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. The enemy shall not control my life. The enemy cannot control my life. In the name of Jesus. I will not be controlled by the enemy. Oh, yes, Lord. The enemy shall not control my life. In the name of Jesus. The enemy shall not control my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Finally, you say, the enemy. Shall not control my destiny. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. The enemy shall not control my destiny. The enemy shall not control my destiny. In the name of Jesus. My destiny will not answer to the enemy. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Say, I choose to grow. Some people don't mean it. Say, I choose to grow. Choose to grow. You will grow in Christ in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seat. Let's have our seed. Let's have our seat. So we have the babe in Christ. The next group of people are those who are growing in Christ. Those who are doing what? Growing, growing in Christ. That's very important. Growing in Christ. In first Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. 1 Peter 2, verses 1 to 3. The Bible says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisies, envies, all evil speakers, as newborn babes, desire the milk of the world, that you may grow thereby. Verse 3. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Remember where we started. We said, when Christ is in you, you are, I mean, he gives you grace. So if Christ is you, you have tasted of the grace of God. But now you need to grow. And the Bible says, in order for you to grow, you must lay aside all malice. All guile. What is guile? Deceit. Deceit. To this person, you are an angel. To this person, there's no difference. That's what the Bible calls in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 15. It said, because you are neither hot nor cold. I will do what? God will, will, well, will not speak out in Jesus' name. Amen. You must put aside all guile and hypocrisies. Sunday, Sunday Christians. We are Christians in church. Once we are out of church, that is it. We have paid our quota for the week. Unfortunately, it's very likely that Jesus will not come on a Sunday. I'm just talking about what do they call that? The probability now. Sunday is just one out of seven. Is that not so? So, probability wise, Probability of Jesus coming on a Sunday is just one over seven. And it is Sunday and other days. Which is probability of him coming in other days is what? Six over seven. That's very high. So, if there is a Sunday, Sunday Christian and he chooses to come on Saturday. You will not be left behind in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, you will not be left behind in Jesus' name. Amen. In order to grow in Christ, brethren, carnality must die, must die. Then the milk of the world will have effect in our lives. Testimony, carnality, carnality must die. The flesh must not rule you. Your life must not be dictated by what the flesh desires. If you are going to grow in Christ, the Bible tells us, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, it says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are what? Which are above. Seek the things that are above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Now, verse 2 is my emphasis. Set your affection on things above. And not on things on the earth. Where does your affection lie? Or maybe I should put it another way. Where do your affections lie? Some of us are Christians for position. Do you know what that means? Christians for position. I am a member of this church because I want to become a pastor. And so I'm going to maneuver my way. I will walk my way through to become what you will not lead souls to hell. Amen. You will not be a cheerleader in hell. Amen. A lady shared a revelation that she said she had. She died. And when she died, she found herself in hell. They said, No, this is not possible. I cannot be in hell. But God, God does not make any mistake. This is the book of life. Your name is not there. Say, no. Then she was going around in hell, looking at faces. And he said, Who are you looking for? What did she say? Anybody remembers? She said, I'm looking for my pastor. She was in hell and she was looking for a pastor in hell. Say, why? I said the reason I'm in hell is because he did not tell me that so-so-and-so things, if I do them, will take me to where? I'm not going to hell. Though. You won't go to hell in Jesus' name. Amen. If you live in disobedience and you find yourself there, you won't see me there. My mansion in heaven grows bigger by the day. Amen. How is yours? How is your mansion in heaven? Is it getting bigger or is it getting smaller? Uh, do you even have any? Uh, can you ask your Do you have a mansion in heaven? It's very important. Let's not deceive ourselves. Set your affections on things where? Above. Things above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Not on the things on earth. Now look at what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, for you are dead. And your life is hid in Christ. You know, that's why Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. What does it say? I am crucified. That's very profound. I am crucified. See, that's why the flesh cannot rule me. Because I am crucified with who? With Christ. Because I know if I don't eat today, I will not die. Haven't you heard some of our brethren? When we talk of fasting, what would they say? Uh, You want to kill me? Uh -uh. I should not eat until 6 p.m. You will not die. It's impossible to die because you are fasting. all you are trying to do is to say, flesh, you will not rule me. And if you are finding it difficult to control the flesh, go on, maybe three days fast. Just make up your mind that uh, this flesh, because brethren, there are two things that the body uses to control us. One is food, the other one is sex. Those are the two things. Both of them can be controlled by just deciding on going for a few days of what of fasting, and none will kill you. God is talking to someone here. It's very important. I am crucified with Christ. It means I am dead. This body is dead. If this body is dead, if you insult me, mm-hmm, it doesn't matter. All right? Look at me and call me, look at, look at this guy. He, he has no flesh on his body. He, he looks like a tree. Look at any other thing you want to say. I am what? Crucified. I am crucified with Christ. He doesn't understand English. Mm-hmm. The guy speaks uh, a Queen's English, not Canadian English. He doesn't say there was two people there. Uh, is it there? Is two people? They say that's Canadian English. That's not uh, Queen's English. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you like, you say. I am what? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. If you are crucified with Christ, the insult of men, you won't react to it. It is flesh in you that makes you to react to some of those things. Say, I can't take that. Who do you think you are? I will show you who I am. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? The Bible says you are dead. And you are hid in Christ. We are told the story of uh, a, a messenger and a rich man. this happened in in Africa. The rich man was very rich, and he was equally very stingy. But he had money, he had wealth. And one day, like all men will, except Christ, uh, uh, Therese, what happened to him? He died. And they wheeled him into the mortuary. One of the messengers, the servants, took a piece of stick, and began to hit the body of the rich man at that point that he didn't feel anything the man was punishing himself but he was proving a point at that point could he write a check at that point can he give anybody one dollar one cent or anything no that is life i am crucified with christ are you crucified with christ we'll be right very soon if you are going to grow, grow in the spirit, grow. If Christ is in you, we we'll take you to the next level. The Bible says you must mortify the flesh. You must do what? Mortify. So if your flesh is not that, kill it. Is somebody with me? Kill the flesh. Of course you know. Mortifying the flesh is not that like you go and take knife and start. Uh, you can't commit suicide. If you commit suicide, you are not just killing the flesh, you are killing the soul. (laughs) Because that person will end up in hell. No. But by right spiritual exercise, put the flesh where it belongs. So that the flesh does not dictate to you. As General Basia says something, you know, on a number of times he has fasted for 40 days. Not the way we fast. I've never fasted that way. But for him, he could... Go for 40 days without eating. Uh, Don't do it, oh. I've not done it. So, (laughs) Uh I'm just telling us what he does. We all have, I mean, we have different graces. Uh, I have fasted for a whole year before, but I eat every day. And that is my own simple grace. You can join me. Let's do that together. Amen. Amen. So, but in his own case, but what am I trying to do? He said, whenever he wants to do that, he speaks to his body. And says, stomach, for the next 40 days, what? No food for you. He has learned to put the body on, to, I mean, under the control of what? Of the spirit. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I know God is speaking to someone here. Mortify yeah. the flesh. You know why you go to that Colossians chapter 3, verse 5? It says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. I now begins to list a number of things. But the key word that is the Bible says these things are your members. Mm. Why? In that other words, they are natural. They are what? Natural. Every flesh is aligned with fornication, with uncleanness, with inordinate, lustful affection, with covetousness, with idolatry. These things are natural. That's how you get to the place of work. Somebody looks at you and says, if I don't get rid of this guy, he will will, uh, overtake me. And they begin to maneuver how to get rid of you. If you play their, uh, what do you call it? You play their policy or their game with them. You might get to the next level, but you'll be stuck there. But if you allow God to take you to where he's leading you, they might succeed at getting rid of you, but in five years time, when they see you, they will be saying, had I known? How did you make it? How did you get there? How is this possible? One of my colleagues were, were, were together in Aswanasing in Nigeria before we came here. I got here before him. Very brilliant young man. He also was an accountant from Nigeria. And then he came. He got a job with this company they called they call mm-hmm. Nestle. Is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, if you want to collect in English, I will say Nestle. But the Akraite is a French word. I believe it's Nestle. He got a job with them in the accounting department. And he just found out that some things were not going right. But nobody told him anything. Until he got another job, which was better, better paying and everything. Then his boss opened up. And his boss said, I treated you the way I treated you because I was afraid of you for my job. The boss told him that. The boss is an accountant. He's an accountant, not a Canadian trade accountant, trained from Nigeria, but a very brilliant chap. He, he read a Greek economics in, a, in a Ife then. So very, very brilliant, I know him very well. Eventually, he went back to Nigeria, he did very well. I mean, he just decided to leave his family here, and he went back home. But what am I trying to bring out? His boss, who was supposed to help his cause, was the one that rose up against him. And when the guy finally got a job out of that company, The boss opened up and said, "Look, I was afraid of you. That the way you are going, you will do what? You will take over my job. But that the the the, the job of the boss was small compared to where God took that young man. Mortify the flesh. When you mortify the flesh, the Bible says you should put on the new man, where Christ is all." Christ is all. If the only means for your promotion is that you deny Jesus, don't take that promotion. Testimony, Don't take that promotion. Because that's a better opportunity for you. If the only means for you to pass that exam is that you need to sleep with the lecturer. Don't do what? Don't sleep with the lecturer. Fail the exam. God, a man of God was sharing a story. He <laughs> was sharing a testimony. In his final year in the university, there was one particular course he needed to pass in order to graduate. Whatever he did, what happened to him? He failed that course. He didn't just fail it, he failed it woefully. It he was noted to be a man of God on campus. And then he went to God. After a while, God spoke. And God told him, I want you to be on this campus for one more year. If you have passed that course and you have graduated, the job I want you to do here will not have been completed. What were they doing? He said every day, from about maybe his 200 at the university, every day it was started by his seniors, and they continued. Every day, from 12 p.m to 1 a.m, they come together and they prayed, and they kept it on for about three years. And the Lord thought he needed to do it for how many more years. That was why he failed. Today, is a renowned man of God. Because that was the future. He didn't just graduate and become a pastor. He wo- for a very long time, he was working in the oil industry in Nigeria. So it's not as if, oh, he graduated, he went and started church. No. He was working in the oil industry for a long time. Until the Lord said, it's time to go to full-time ministry. What am I trying to bring out? Let God's will be done in your life. Mortify the flesh, put on Christ. That is what will make you to grow. That's what you need to grow. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. Colossians 3:16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. How? How? Let the word dwell in you richly. It's not enough that you know John 3:16. The word must dwell in you richly. That's Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. When we say something is rich, it's more than one. Is that not so? You should be a is it a depository, they call it of the word of God. That is growth. That's why that is growth. Now we are entering November. Between now and and the end of the year, two months. How much of the word will be in you? Between now and the end of the year, can you promise me that you will read the book of Matthew? Yes. Only one person is answering me. Yes. Between now and the end of the year, will you read the book of Matthew? Yes. I will answer the question again. I mean, answer the question. I mean, ask the question again. between now and the end of the year, brother, I'm not answering me. Will you read the book of Matthew? Only the book of Matthew. Because if you read Matthew from chapter 1 to chapter 28, you've gone beyond many, many years before for some of us. Is that not so? Many of us, beginning of the year, I will read the Bible. By the time you finish Genesis, you you will decide again that next year, I want to read it. Just read Matthew for two months. If you finish Matthew, you can go to the next book if you want to. Let the word of God dwell in you, how? Richly. richly, richly, not just one verse. And of course, the Bible says we must grow in grace. I love that passage. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, brethren, make up your mind to know him more. That's why Paul in Philippians 3.10 towards the end of his life said that I may do what? That I may do what? That I may know him. After he had written so many books the man said that I may know him. How much more do you want to know him? But that is what it means to grow. That you never get to a point where you say I have enough. I know enough. I don't need to go further." You will grow in Jesus' name. I said you will grow in Jesus' name. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's just thank Him. Let's thank God. Let's thank God. Christ in you. Jesus Christ in you. It's very important. That's His desire. He wants you to grow. He wants to grow in you. He wants to move you to the next level. There's a higher level to go, brethren. There's a higher level to grow. There's a higher level to grow. And He wants to take you there. Christ in you. Are you here? You are not born again. Are you listening to me? You've not given your life to Jesus. This is your opportunity to do so. If you are not born again, Christ is not in you. Brethren, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people for service. Because they were not redeemed, Christ was not in them. The Holy Spirit just came upon them. But now you can be born again that Christ in you might reign through you. If you have not given your life to Jesus, is the opportunity to do so. You are watching online. You are not born again. Just say, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Reign in my life. Reign in me from this day onwards. Make me a testimony. Multiply gifts upon my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, I committed one of your children present here today to you, huh? That, Lord, you will touch your children. That Christ in us will make a difference in our lives. That from this day onwards, we will sing a new song. That blind man said, one thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see. Let this be the beginning of a new journey. A journey into glory. A journey to favor. A journey to divine establishment. A journey to divine lifting. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus.